toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness we are souls on the journey opening up the conversation to heal awaken and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency it starts with you everything you need is within you this is your time i am stacy musial and i am sam fernandez and we are your co-hosts at be the love podcast thank you for tuning in and ascending with us hop on board the ascension bus this is adrian elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. This is Dr. Brent Satterfield of Inner World Movement, author of Bringing Heaven Home. Hi, this is Dana Parker with Inner World Movement. Hi, my name's Steve Nobel. Here I am with Stacy and Sam on Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to take a moment just to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth releasing anything that is keeping you from being present right now. And just take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself, and breathing out the light and love and sending it to all of humanity remembering that you always have your breath to come back to. Today, we have Mathuis Imhotep. Mathuis has been working as an entrepreneur, business system designer, developer, consultant, and spiritual leader. His spiritual life and quest to uncover the deepest hidden wisdom continue to expand in a parallel path and was his saving grace and solace. Many people have been on the front lines risking their lives for the light, and he is no exception. This group has been called the Earth Alliance and has been working decades to support the mission of bringing the light and helping to support the activation of a new system. Methuis is the author of Seventh Seal, Hidden Wisdom Unveiled. He is a speaker on spirituality and has created over 25 videos on his material at sevensealcodes.com. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Mathuis. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And so for those of you who have listened to previous episodes and have heard me mention being activated by a symbol before receiving the download for Be The Love, it was the symbol that Mathuis was downloaded with in which I had been activated with on 11-11-2020. Uh, so I'm very excited to be able to 
talk with him today about that. And so before we jump in, um, I just would love to hear a little bit about your path and what got you started on this journey. Oh, sure. Well, I woke up uh, at a very early age. I would say that was like in my teens. And I had some powerful experiences uh, when I was 19, kind of a sort of a self-realization experience when my higher self came in and spoke to me about my future. And uh, that wasn't from meditating. That wasn't from anything except uh, it just grabbed a hold of me and, you know, really put me squarely on my path. Uh, I had an interest in discovering why I had this uh, extra sensory perception ability so strong. I knew what people were thinking around me. I often was completing people's sentences uh, a little bit um, rudely, <laughs> like I already know what you're saying and uh, needed to adjust that and allow people to, you know, just get it out. And um, nonetheless, that led me to uh, when I was 17, the bookstore where a book ghosted off the shelf. It was uh, Jane Roberts wrote a book called How to Develop Your ESP Abilities and Other Psychic <laughs> Powers. And so, um, you know, that was my introduction to Seth. And, uh, you know, that was very powerful reading that when I was 19, because it was indicating that my thoughts created my reality. Mm -hmm. And so I really paid attention to what I was thinking about. And of course, um, I had then voices in my head a lot. Uh, guiding me. Um, later, I learned those were ascended masters. And so, you know, it was really uh, being mentored by, uh, by my guidance system, you know, my spirituality was very accelerated, uh, if you will. And um, when I first saw uh, the Great Pyramid on TV, like a fly over it, a flyby, I was like, oh my God, you know, uh, I feel really connected to that. What on earth is this uh, overwhelming sensation? And so, you know, when I had my first channeling uh, experience when I was 22, I asked, you know, what is my connection to the Great Pyramid? And they were like, well, you're the cornerstone. And so I spent, <laughs> I spent like the next two decades unraveling, you know, what that meant. And so I did take a trip to Egypt the first time when I was probably um, in my early 30s in 1998. Uh, and I did have some more downloads, if you will, um, show me that I was instrumental in architecting and designing the topology and the um, alignment to much more than the constellation of Orion. And so, you know, I wrote my first uh, volume. I have three volumes that I've written by um, 2001, about 800 pages on all these various subjects. And then over the last um, 15 years, I've been um, creating videos. I have 45 of them now that explain this light language that there's a deeper um, master code sequence system of these ascension um, frequencies and sequences. And so that has been uh, hidden inside of the English language. And so um, there's volumes of um, material on the subject. So it's quite a deep rabbit hole. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the symbol that you know, you mentioned, I channeled in, um, while well, I was about 26 years old, and it just the voice inside my head said, get a pencil and a piece of paper 
and you know out comes a sacred geometry symbol that has never really been seen before uh and i just was like whoa that's really powerful and uh, about five years ago i had more uh communications to upgrade it into an activation sigil that has a bunch more uh information around it you know like placement of numbers and sequences and and really invoking um the four watchtowers and four archangels so that one works with this it really meets them where they're at and provides them clearing and you know activations that initiate you into higher levels of consciousness that sounds like a real quite the journey that you went on just to get to that place and so tell us a little bit more about the symbol and what that means and how people can use it and how it's um, you're using it for receiving maybe higher states of consciousness. Well, okay. So I am also going to be uh, doing a training video and doing some certification because we've found that uh, those of us that have been working with it, and there's many people that have experienced hundreds now, uh, but I didn't have a guidebook on to what, what to do with it. You know, I just knew that I was supposed to create it. And then, you know, from people's experiences, trying different things, there became a lot of testimonials about what people would um, experience. And so in a nutshell, uh, the first time that I had somebody sit on it, it really accelerated um, the energy that would activate the Kundalini. And that energy wanted to, you know, go up to the top of the head and open the crown chakra, the seventh, you know, center of the crown is uh, the seventh seal. And so that's why I've called it all this. And so if there's an area in your body that is uh, stuck, like your heart's not open or something to that effect, the energy will travel to that point and work with clearing it. And so we've learned, you know, different ways to facilitate uh, quicker processes for having that energy travel up to your crown. And there are those that, you know, I've been on a spiritual path for a long time that uh, have experienced different things like a very accelerated um, expansion of consciousness, whereby um, they felt like they were able to access their multidimensional self. Um, and we also have been doing meditations on the 22nd of the month with people that um, possess the seal. We sit with the seal. We're activating a golden grid around the planet, but also many people report the same thing, which is showing up in like an etheric temple with the symbol on the ground and people in purple robes and white robes and, you know, uh, portals opening and <laughs> other interdimensional travel back to Egypt. In some cases, several people reported standing in front of the Sphinx while it was being built which is an interesting thing because I firmly believe that that was literally millions of years ago and that we've been in some pretty um, incredible time loops, you know, that the um, awakening of consciousness and the acceleration of um, shifting into higher dimensional realities is something that we've been up to for a very long time. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. It seems like the progression of this has just been going on for a long time and continuing to accelerate. So you mentioned 
And then, of course, you slept with it, didn't you? So <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> Putting it under your pillow is a whole nother yes. thing. I mean, talk <laughs> about uh, a really intense sort of uh, lucid dream. Often people mm -hmm. report, um, like, if you have any fears or blocks, you know, in your psyche, it'll bring that up uh, to mm. be looked at right before you wake up. And that can be kind of intense. Mm. But that's not quite how you experienced it, is it? Well, that night, I know, I remember I went to bed after being activated and I put that under my pillow and I couldn't sleep at all that night. My body was just vibrating with energy. And then all of a sudden I just received this whole download for this whole podcast, like where I was going to go with it, what the name of it was, everything. And so it was just as intense. And so I got up and I was doing my business plan that next morning and writing down all the ideas I was having as I was having them. And so it was just really an incredible experience. And then everything from there just flowed. And so oh, that's so awesome. I'm so happy that, uh, you know, I get to be um, here in, as part of your creation. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's, yeah, such a beautiful gift to be able to give that to humanity. So, yeah, it's uh, been an interesting journey for me because I've remembered a lot of past lives, you know, a lot of involvement in mystery schools and and other things that I'm, you know, beginning to it's sort of like you have to own your experience. You have to own your um, your wisdom and you fully you know, step into it and you become more comfortable you know, sharing. I mean, some of this stuff can be very personal and. Uh, you know, um, I've also had a lot of experiences with uh, ETs and uh, going on board motherships. And, you know, back 20 years ago when that happened, I wanted to tell people, oh, my God, it's amazing. And they weren't bad. And it was great. And, you know, I, I didn't always get the positive feedback. Like, well, why is it happening to you and not me? Or, <laughs> you know, who do you think you are? And um, so it kind of shut me down with my desire to just come right out and say everything all the time. And, my other profession, um, secret profession behind the scenes that you talked about in uh, my bio uh, also is something I've had to use discretion about all the mm -hmm. things that I know from being part of like the white hat um, community working on bringing new financial systems and the like. So I have a lot of deep intel and um, you know I have to kind of curb how much I want to just be transparent. Mm -hmm. And how do you curb that? Like when you're trying to be uh, authentic in these different energies and different realms, how do you balance well, thank God, that? Thank God that I've done a lot of work on, you know, my consciousness and uh, healing my heart and things like that too, because uh, I had been adopted and that set me up with some of these, um, you know, self statements that weren't so positive. Right. Mm -hmm. Um why wasn't I chosen? You know, what's, what's wrong with me? Why am I not lovable on and on? And so I've done a lot of personal work and, you know, so like when those folks were kind of shutting me down, you know, I kind of took it personally. And so all of the inner uh, introspection and, you know, the growth um, has me reflect on that. I'm able to just, you know, tune in. Uh, I'm really plugged into uh, my higher consciousness. And so I can now tell when it's appropriate to say something. I just, you know, I feel like there's a nudge or there's, you know, some kind of uh, indication that it's the right time. And part of that has been, you know, there's things going on behind the scenes that uh, we don't want to broadcast. Like, so there's interruption or interference and uh, other parts of it are just, 
some of the things that we know about are really horrendous, you know, and uh, is it even beneficial for people to have the deep, dark, you know, awareness about how bad things are in certain areas like child trafficking and the like, you know, so we talk to the people that recover um, these kids out of tunnels and stuff. And so there's a lot of, um, you know, gruesome details and the like. So just having the awareness about all these things that it's really up to us, you know, um, many people looking outside of themselves, you know, wanting Trump to be the hero or whoever, you know, and ever the more so it's about all of us awakening to our um, divine consciousness and that, you know, we're here to be the new leaders in the new earth. So, um, yeah, so again, it's, it's just about discerning what is the right information at the right time. And, uh, one thing that you mentioned and that I kind of want to go back to is you mentioned that the existence of this earth and of mankind have been on the time loop. Um, and that's something actually that uh, is very intriguing to me because, you know, I, I have believed for a while that, okay, the earth seems a lot older than, you know, what, what we're being told. Right. Um, and I was just wondering, you know, can you explain a little bit more about, you know, the time loop that you're referring to and, and this day and age, are we still looping and where would you have any inclination of where we're looping to? Sure. I have a lot of information on the subject and much of it is uh, corroborated because a lot of this stuff I learned about 20 years ago when I had um, the pleasure of meeting a very unusual man who you know, was like a cosmic scientist. He was a soul from the future. So he was an interesting time traveler in that he embodied, it's not like a walk-in. This is like, you know, growing up as a kid and going, holy cow, I remember being from the future. And I have remembrances of that I was sent back on a mission. And then when this gentleman went to sleep, he was more awake on the other side on board ships. And, you know, this was just a very advanced soul from the future that taught me a lot about these kinds of things. And then, of course, I've had my own experiences of lost time and, you know, a variety of things, many, many stories, frankly, that um, sort of um, self-corroborate. But nonetheless, he was indicating, uh, you guys ever watched or aware of a TV series called Fringe? Mm -hmm. So he said that he was consulting to things like Star Trek and other you know, programs that would come out, that one illustrates it very well. Um, they break through or there's a portal or a rip, you know, in a rift that enables them to go through to a trans-dimensional reality mm -hmm. where they meet themselves, the identical right. selves, but they're mm -hmm. like 10 years older. Mm -hmm. And in that reality, they have more advanced technology. So he told me that was in fact um, the way things were and that he was able to traverse these realities. And they even made it he was part of uh well what we would call now the secret space program but at the age of 17 they came to him because he did some mathematical advanced things and he became part of these he called them uh white hat underground um you know secret projects and uh nonetheless they they perfected time travel and travel between these different uh places and he indicated that there was seven transdimensional realities, as he called them, that uh, were superimposed over each other. And at the planked level, the lowest, you know, um, microns of existence where everything vibrates, they're just slightly off. And so that enables them to exist in the same space. And that um, 
each one of these has been going through um, these, well, what I now talk about as these gates, the Silver Gate and Golden Gate. Um, and back then he was indicating that um, we were optimizing the conscious awakening so that the, um, he said that at, at the end of it all, all those transdimensional realities would collapse into one. Now, one thing that's very interesting about, interesting about that that has a, sort of a corroboration effect is we've been tracking timelines, right? Like there's people talking about how the Mandela effect, um, you know, we have fragments of different timelines that are collapsing. So it's kind of a similar story in the sense that, um, and my business partner, who some of you may know as uh, Miss M, she and the guides that she speaks to have said that we are collapsing these timelines into the unity timeline. And so it's a very similar kind of understanding that um, as we, you know, tip the scale on embodying more of our divine consciousness for a unity timeline, you know, I feel like there's a, a war over timelines right now. They indicate to us, they've been telling us that we're only down to two. There's two final timelines. So when 20 years ago, my cosmic scientist friend was saying that there was seven, uh, he was indicating, you know, I, I kept asking him over a decade, um, you know, how are we doing? Are we, you know, making the grade? Because he was saying this is the last chance that we get to sort of, you know, complete this optimization. Um, and, you know, each time we go around, uh, he was indicating I was part of the reset. Like if we didn't make it, um, we would travel back into, you know, uh, about 3100 BC and try to tweak this whole timeline again. And when he told me that it freaked out, I'm like, Oh no, no, no. We're going to get it right this time. <laughs> I can't, can't imagine like doing all this over again, but he had right. said that we'd done it over six times and this was the final yeah. attempt. And so it was very you know, compelling to hear that these guides that uh, Miss M communicates with are saying that we're really down to two and, um, you know, it looks very um, good that we're going to um, be a soul timeline by the end of this year, quite frankly. And so um, there's yeah a lot of detail around this personal information stories that he was telling me about and experiences I've had about um, tweaking timelines. And so, you know, I feel that this material um, is really designed to empower us with what we need to be the greatest version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit more about the timeline that we that you see us or they see us like on by the end of the year and what we can do as individuals to help continue with that that progression of that? Well, it's certainly very confident that many of us have the same information in terms of go within. We all have the answers within and you know many of the channelings over the years and of course I've I've I encountered many because I've been on my path for 33 years now. They always say it's easier than you think. And so, you know, what is easier than you think? Well, awakening to your divine consciousness, awakening your heart, you know, the answers are within. And so there's many people now that are uh, awakened, you know, not woke, <laughs> awakened to the fact that you really are here to make a difference. And, you know, your perfect soul journey is your highest expression should you choose to awaken and align to it 
And that's one thing that uh, even my book before I had the um, symbol put together the way I do now as an activation sigil would accelerate people's synchronicity in their lives because, you know, the seeing numbers and whatnot, right, is kind of the universe trying to get your attention uh, that you're way more plugged in than you realize. And all you have to do is, you know, knock and the door shall be open. And so the more we attune to that, meditate, you know, which could even be walking, it's just listening, right? And, and really, you know, understanding that we're way more than we realize, you know, we're multidimensional uh, beings, um, you know, spiritual beings having a human experience and all that. But if you, you know, make a diligent effort to even say, uh, I want to be a vessel for, you know, the highest divine outcome, you know, please creator, you know, present yourself more to me. Of course, that's what happens you know right. and then, and frankly when i made that sort of declaration myself i was a little afraid honestly because you know um my personality is one that kind of in the past really liked to be in, in control like i you know i'm very intelligent and i like to understand things and i like to you know make sure that uh, i'm safe and so when I made that first declaration, okay, you know, I'll be a vessel for the divine, you know, do whatever you want with me. Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of scary, you know, like what's going to happen? Am I going to lose my free will? Mm -hmm. But no, you don't. You merge with the divine will and you become a, a greater version of yourself. And so then, you know, the synchronicities and everything that indicates uh, a deeper activation and awakening to, you know, your higher self embodying within you is sped up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like too, I mean, you're, cause once you merge with the divine, you're really letting go of, well, the ego, but, and then you're also letting go of, um, the three dimensional realities that we're stuck in that, you know, we feel like we have this trajectory of, you know, the material possessions and, you know, that path. But once you move over onto that other side, you're you realize you're really, truly sovereign and you are your own, you know, once you find that soul path that you're, what you came here to do, the, you're so empowered that it feels just like you're on point. And so it is comforting that many people are, you know, choosing the same language, you know, ever the more so, you know, mm -hmm. all, all talking about the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it's a tsunami of consciousness that's sweeping the planet. And I wish we had a, a way to, you know, meter exactly how many people are, you know, uh, expanding their heart into this higher level of light quotient uh, mm -hmm. upon the planet. It would be really incredibly interesting. Yeah. So we tell us, like, talk a little bit more about that. Like, we're all, okay, so we're on this timeline that we're, you know, supposed to be at, by the end of the year, all of us. What does that look like for the planet and for each individual? Like, how, does it have to be the majority of the people that are on that? And what happens to the people that aren't doing the work? Yeah, this is uh, interesting to speculate because there are different beliefs, right? You've got the rapture belief that, mm -hmm. you know, all of a sudden you're going to wake up in bed and your spouse is gone, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and Revelations kind of says something to that effect. So you have that theory, then you have... Um, one that there's um, kind of a, well, with, with what's going on with the sun too, you know, um, putting off all these coronal ejections and those waves uh, really causing us to wake up more. You know, there's a one that we're actually going to have a big 
uh, super wave. And, you know, that is going to put us into a dimensional reality uh, shift that is, you know, really noticeable. Okay, so uh, in that one, do do other people disappear? Or do they, um, you know, have a heart attack? And uh, so there's a lot of speculation about these um, timeline separations, you know, so uh, is it two earth? What is it? And I don't, I don't profess to have, you know, uh, an exact answer other than I know what it takes to be in the highest timeline or in whatever you want to call that, you know, highest dimensional reality is to have really have an open heart, you know, mm -hmm. and to be service to others, right? Instead mm -hmm. of just all about the ego is meant to be a tool in the toolbox, you know, mm -hmm. so right. that you can assert yourself you know, when you know what it is that you need to do, you can, you know, call on that to be as assertive as necessary to say, I know, I know my, you know, my truth, and I'm going to uphold it. Mm -hmm. um, but so when we perfect all these uh, aspects of self, we will find ourselves in the highest divine timeline. Mm -hmm. And whether whether or not we're going to lose people, some people believe that we can trans uh verse between where we end up and where others are okay so we can kind of appear as ascended masters and help them so it's going to be really interesting to see what actually happens and uh i think maybe some of our listeners right now might be a little concerned like i i don't want to get left behind i don't want to get left behind i want to be able to join the group um, so are you able to talk about some of the tools that you would recommend and some practical applications that people can use to ascend if they, you know, if they, they want to go, they just really don't know how to start. Well, it starts by being a good person. <laughs> it's that simple. Like, you know, it's interesting how many, uh, can witness that, well, try to live in a community and, you know, are you willing to do the dishes, right? <laughs> it can be simple things like. Mm -hmm. I'm just willing to help out anywhere I can, you know, I care about everybody that's in my family and in my community, you know, and I put myself aside to be the best version of myself. It really can be that simple. That's awakening the heart, you know, that's being more Christ-like. That's everything about uh, ascending your consciousness. And that's really what it is. You know, we're not leaving, we're not going anywhere and we're not, you know, turning into light. We're ascending our consciousness. We're becoming a, a, the, the highest version of ourself and that multidimensional self. We, a lot of people don't, you know, fully realize we're way bigger, we're way more, um, what would the word be way more mm, intelligent and as co-creators um, capable of things that we just need to give ourselves permission to experience. Mm. Yeah. So greater than uh, the grains of sand that we've been, you know, uh, kind of push to believe that, you know, just candles in the wind or grains of sand or something. But no, I, uh, I really liked what you said, especially, you know, like that we, we are co-creators, um, you know, the divine chunks of the divine are within all of us. Right. So we, we do create that. And I think it is time, you know, like Stacy has said, uh, many times before that we start, uh, claiming our sovereignty, you know, that we start claiming that, okay, we're on this planet for a reason, you know, and the reason's not just to sit back and watch it fade into nothing. You know, we're, we're here to learn. We're here to, like you said, to improve, to be of service. 
And um, I, I, I think that's probably the most simplest way I've heard it explained before, which if anybody knows me, I'm, I'm all about simplicity is just to be a good person. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, you touched on um, in different terms and different words, we're all sparks of the original, you know, creational uh, force. And in my book, uh, when I was in my mm, late twenties, uh, I was feeling like, you know, I was tapped into, uh, some of the highest divine consciousness that, uh, I've come to know as my whole self, I call it the oversoul. And at that level, I believe that, um, sort of the creation story is this simple that there was this consciousness that was the mother, you know, and she was in the void and she desired to experience love, you know, kind of lonely. Okay. You know, you're everything, but <laughs> there's like nothing there. And so she chose, and this is actually uh, echoed in a lot of the indigenous belief systems around the planet. She chose to create 12 consorts and these, you know, male uh, father deity figures. Well, they had a lot of fun together. <laughs> and they experienced love and they had kids and those kids uh became the twin flame story like the you know the the gods of uh the greeks and and all this olympian stuff and so you know these children um went and created everything like before they came down here to experience this they were experiencing all of their creations so if they created all the worlds and all the races and all the universes then they imbued themselves in it to experience it the same way you know kind of the pattern from the mother okay i want to experience this and so we're all just fragments of these original beings and the more you wake up and tune into you know all that you are and who you are you come to realize yeah you're definitely one of these you know, archetypal original creator beings. And so in that story, we're all just a bunch of duplicates, you know, mm -hmm. we're all just like uh, experiencing each other from this place of, oh, I remember you. I mean, certainly we've all experienced meeting, you know, parts of ourself. And, and, and of course, in the highest expression of this uh, awakened consciousness, self-realization and enlightenment, uh, they all say the same thing, you know, I am you and you are me. Okay, so when we take it back to the highest level, that's really what we're talking about. But many, many people are out there, you know, remembering um, that we had an experience together. And many people are like, oh, my God, you're my twin flame. Well, let me tell you, I've met uh, like 19 that remember the same story that I remember about my past lives. And we've come to the conclusion, you know, um, that we're duplicates. And so that's really a cool thing to realize, like. You know, when the first twin flame story didn't go the way I thought it was supposed to go, <laughs> I thought they were an imposter and I'm looking for the next right one, but then come to find out, no, they all are exactly, you know, self-loving self experiencing self at the highest level. Um, so it's pretty amazing, you know, to realize that, well, I am you, you are me. Yeah. And it comes down to, yeah, there's no separation. What is within is without. And so that's that's a beautiful story. And, and, and so you, you mentioned in your book um, about twin flames and how we're now really, there's a lot more twin flames coming, reincarnating all at the same time where there might've been a, the, the, the your twin flame might've been on the other side kind of helping you, but can you talk a little bit more about that and what, what you're seeing on this planet right now, as far as that goes? 
yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel too that um, this is like the most important, uh, let's call it an experiment <laughs> or the trigger point for all of creation. You know, what's going on here? There's many beliefs that, uh, you know, over time, these children and their races were actually warring up there and they decided to take, you know, DNA from all these races and put it all together here so we could work out our differences. And certainly we're seeing some of that, aren't we? Mm -hmm. And anyway, from the place of uh, unity consciousness, you know, ultimately that that is what's happening. We're all coming to understand we're all just one. And um, so the twin flame thing is that many uh, avatars from many other universes are embodying here um, more fully, you know, to assist in this grand awakening. And, you know, I sometimes joke, like, even if we had a Jesus fully embodied on the planet, look, like, <laughs> it's a different story today. There's billions of people on the planet. You need to be everywhere at the same time in order to, you know, affect the kind of outcome that we're looking for. And so, you know, I'm not a big advocate of that. He is returning as much as it is awakening with each one of us so that uh, the entire planet can be affected you know, simultaneously, because we're all one, and we're all aware, and we're all online, and we're, you know, all coming from different places to assist. So many, many um, beings are having this walk in experience or awaking to the fact that, you know, I'm not really from here. <laughs> that, that does seem like a, a belief that I think a lot of people have, like, I, I, I don't belong here. Because mm -hmm. um, they're, they're feeling like they're really out of place. Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, many have showed up to mm -hmm. assist and um, there's clusters of these kinds of awakening movements. And uh, uh, we have to work together and take charge. So there's movements uh, that are happening from the four directions, I believe, mm. um, to build community that uh, is filled with heart. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And so when when someone were if someone were to come across their twin flame because i know there's a lot of talk of being like only one twin flame but i'm hearing that you're also saying multiple twin flames and so how, how do you know if you do come across that person that you've been in you know maybe other lifetimes with and well aside from the strong recognition and the oh my god i love you like insta love right mm -hmm. so if love is eternal and you know true love is unbreakable, basically, you know, when you meet somebody and you feel like you love them right away, I would say that your soul family or your twin flame, but when you start to remember the same past life experiences, um, like whatever, you know, the story might be, but as man and woman, you know, playing a role and that it's like, oh my God, I remember exactly the same thing has been my experience, you know, that, um, and these are like key points in time when uh, it was very important to have, you know, the the light be as present uh, and expanding on the planet as possible type uh, remembrances, you know. So and the other thing is, too, like this also sort of tends to answer the question, like, how can there be so many people remembering that they're whatever King Arthur or Cleopatra or whatever? Well, because. <laughs> Like I was indicating, you know, the version of you at the highest level, um, you know, bifurcated 
into many, many, many parts to have an experience. And so, you know, when you wake up and you go online with your oversoul consciousness, you're just remembering everything, you know, that all of you has experienced. And so, you know, oftentimes these are the key uh, lifetimes, you know, whether it's being burned uh, at the stake for, you know, your beliefs or any of these kinds of things. Um, these are the, the high points of, oh my God, that was you too, you know? Mm. And so that has been it for me, you know, the feeling, the insta love, the deep, oh, the other one is the commitment to, we're going to get this right. Like, you know, the deep, um, so with a lot of these beings that, uh, you know, uh, love is eternal. So I still love them. You know, we come to the realization we're on a, a mission and we become mission mates. You know, we're not trying to define what our relationship is anymore. We're here priority number one to, you know, fulfill the mission. The mission is to awaken, like I've been indicating, you know, optimize these gates, um, these times when there's more light coming into the planet to assist us in the accelerated uh, expansion of consciousness. That's what happens at the golden gate, which is November 22nd happens more at two times of the year, May 22nd. And that's the silver gate and the golden gate. And that's because of how the Zodiac uh, sits along the um, Milky way which has an amplification of the energy from the central sun, you know, down that, um, that channel, that, that arm, um, if you want to envision, uh, you know, the side of our universe comes into alignment with the central sun and the light from that is amplified more at those times than any other time. Mm. In fact, in Egypt, there are these maps, um, not star maps, but Zodiac, um in dendara there's a zodiac um portrayed on the temple wall it's actually on the ceiling and there are two points in time uh that are referenced with symbols that nobody knows what they mean they're only used like in this place mm. um that i've been able to find and um they demark these two locations and you can tell very very clearly and i illustrate that in my book and so they knew about this stuff i mean there's many things that I believe the Egyptians were just, um, if you imagine archaeologists uncovering the Sphinx going, holy cow, <laughs> what is this? You know, how did they build this? And they're learning about this ancient, you know, lost civilization, just like we're learning about them. But we're realizing that they were learning about something much older. In fact, where you have uh, these tablets coming out of um, Mexico now, maybe you've seen some of them that have, you know, ETs literally with Egyptians and Mayans all depicted mm -hmm. on the same, you know, carved uh, tablet. Mm -hmm. You know, so two things come to mind. Why are we only finding that now? Well, maybe we're in a timeline, you know, where those exist and they didn't before. And um, it certainly is bringing the awareness that, um, you know, these folks um, mixing with the ETs like that. And there's a lot of indication of deep kind of mixing, um, you know, hybriding and whatnot uh, could very likely. Well, when you when you look at some of the pictures that have stargates and the like um, and whoosh between planets, the, the way they are depicting things in such fine detail, it indicates that, you know, time travel and interdimensional travel and all these kinds of things were prevalent. And so, you know, um, 
I reference that to say, I think that we've been up to this a very long time, optimizing um, the awakening of this divine consciousness so that we can become ambassadors to the, uh, the rest of creation, basically, in essence. And uh, so much, so much stuff to, to unpack with that. And um, one of the biggest questions that I have, though, you were talking about the, you know, the gates. So I, I was actually born on November 22nd. All right. So, yeah. So my question, I think, and I'm sure there's probably people listening that were born on May 22nd. Is there, (laughs) that's you? Yeah. (laughs) Well, there you go. So is, is there like a, uh, I don't, I don't want to call us, you know, are we special or something, but for people that have been born on the, the days of the gates, is there some different type of like connection? Like, do we have a, a more direct connection to, um you know enlightened masters to star seeds you know to to people of of different dimensions is there you know is there something different there's, with think, with us born yeah, i think days? there's a few things that could be said about that uh i mean anybody that's born on a cusp is going to experience both signs so mm-hmm. you feel like you have you know more personalities or more characteristics or skills or qualities you know so uh, but uh, aside from that um i mean i did feel like at a very young age that uh, whoa, I'm here on a mission. <laughs> like I'm very dedicated to getting something. I'm not here to play small. I'm here to get something done on a large scale. I mean, did you have that sense about um, reality? It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't necessarily of, you know, I'm here on a mission, but it was, you know, I just remember at an early age seeing, you know, there's a table in front of me, you know, what's beyond that table, what's within that table, you know, and actually like studying uh, things more in depth and also at a young age, realizing that what I'm seeing in front of me and what I'm touching is that's not it. That's not everything. Um, and I did actually uh, have paranormal experiences at a very young age when I was around two years old is when that started too. Um, so yeah, for me, it, it, it didn't really translate at the time as, you know, I'm here for a mission. It's doing that now though. Yeah. And I don't have enough data to say for sure. Like, right. you know, um, because I've only met a few people with the the same thing, but, and no, we're all special. I mean, let's face it, you know, we're all part of that original um, uh, ring of creators, you know, and the, the Bible refers to the Elohim, which means plural creators. It doesn't mean singular. And mm-hmm. so uh, I believe that's what these, you know, divine children are the Elohim. And yeah, many people are waking up to, Oh, I'm an archangel or, Oh, I'm, um, an Arcturian or whatever the case might be. And that is just really the case there is we each do have uh, multidimensional selves by that. I mean, your higher self is on each dimension. So you have a higher self all the way up to the, you know, one creator being that maybe you're, I don't know, a third from the left or something out of, you know, 12. Well, initially there was 12 and then they broke off the, to experience um, the male and the female aspect. And so that 12 became 24. But if you think about it, you have all these gatherings of, you know, the 12 disciples, the 12 Knights of the round table, you know, so the 12 um, Olympian gods and the like. And so really it's an emulation of um, these archetypal energies and the embodiment of them. Wow. 
And, and so I just, just kind of going back to that piece about the 1122, which I, I thought was very fascinating because you had talked a lot about your experience with 1122 and seeing that. And I just, that stuck out to me um, when you were receiving the download for the, um, the, the symbol, but also I think you were going to the pyramids. You probably tell the story better than me, but, um, but that just stood out to me because after I was activated with the symbol, I saw 1122 everywhere. And I had always, I'd been seeing numbers for years now. Um, so, but that was something that came to me. And then one of the things that, you know, when I was on my way home from Sedona, that trip, I was, um, texting Sam and, I, and, um, you know, when I, I, I don't know if I knew his birthday was on 1122 then or after, but it was like, it, it just made sense that, you know, he's like, yeah, I want to be your, your co-host, you know? And so it was just this divine synchronistic thing. <laughs> well, it's interesting about the synchronicity of that number for me because it started in my teens and it was a situation where whenever I had an epiphany or like a feeling of being like tuned in, um, like there's something more and I've, I'm on a hot trail and I got a lead or whatever the case, boom, there'd be 1122. Like I'm writing in my journal. Okay. I just had this experience. What time is it? 1122. And it was just like, oh my God, after a while I was like, okay, already, what is this message? And, you know, I couldn't ignore it. And frankly, every year the energy on that alignment became stronger and stronger where even when November 1st came around, um, the beginning of this um, acceleration, you know, to 11 days to 11, 11, 11 more days to 11, 22, there was a increase of synchronicity of seeing these numbers. And there are, are a variety of numbers that I would see, but primarily it's 11, 22. And it would be kind of overwhelming. And it was, and I write about a story in the book where it literally was, I was at, um, working at the defense intelligence agency. And I didn't like what I was experiencing, feeling, seeing like I had to be escorted in and out of the bathroom to lunch. You know, it was a very uh, dense place to work. Uh, and they're like, we need your light there. And I'm like, okay, how long can we get out of here? Like what, <laughs> please. <laughs> and uh, it was on the day before November 22nd that I walked in and they issued me badge number 11. And on the 22nd, they issued me badge number 22. And then I'm watching the clock waiting for the call. Cause they're like, it'll be soon. You know, they've been telling me that for like seven days or so it rang at 1122. The phone said, you can leave the building now. You know, you you're being processed out. You know, it was my headhunter. We got you a new job. And I walked out and, and the back of my car had one of those, stickers it was a brand new car or where you had to run on the the temporary plates and it expired on november 22nd and i was like okay whoa this is intense and then i was like well what am i gonna do i'm i'm off work you know and today was the day that star trek first contact was at the playing at the theater on november 22nd back in whatever this was 1992 or something or probably 90 and um anyway so i I usually, if you're going to go to the theater, you just go down to the mall. Well, that's not how it worked in DC. Went down to the, to the mall. They're like, no, no, you got to go over here, turn over there, go down there. And so 
I got out of the car after following those instructions and I looked up and it was the 2200 block and 11th Avenue. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. I get it. I get it. I'm not sure what I get, but I'm, I'm listening, <laughs> you know, and it was literally, um, you must follow the path, you know, that we're laying out for you to discover, remember, recall all this wisdom. In fact, I had a channeling while I was there. Um, I guess I was about 26 and uh, mother Mary came through and said, you're going to write a great book. And I'm like, what me <laughs> about what she goes, sacred geometry and numerology. And there was a group of people there and I didn't want to go, well, what is, what, what, what is that? <laughs> so I went to the bookstore and looked these things up because we didn't have the internet then. And I pulled off a new book off the shelf and opened it up looking through this numerology book and a piece of paper fell out and it said, this is the key to the universe. And it had a triangle with nine little triangles and nine numbers in it. And I was like, okay, uh, I guess I'm supposed to figure this out. And it was really the key to, you know, uh, a deep inner awareness of what all these numbers mean. And of course that's, you know, a deep rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> I've expanded and revised my books to uh, 1300 pages. Hmm. And so I actually ended up remember being instrumental in creating the English language and hiding um, these number sequences and deeper awareness and numbers in the English language. And that was part of my process when I was uh, doing numerology, you know, on thousands of words, I found a pattern mm -hmm. and that pattern actually had 1122 encoded into it wow. Wow. like like and, the the word you know left and right mind and heart you know all mm -hmm. these words that describe the simple construct of the ascension process or the ascension you know awakening to higher divine consciousness everything that describes that um stage the words are all set with these key numbers wow. so i was like oh my god who put that there, <laughs> you know, and it turns out it might've been me. That does sound like a really fun rabbit hole to go down. I, uh, <laughs> I know it'd probably be, um, take a while, but there, there was something that stood out to me in your book that, um, I just was wondering about, and I know you talk a lot about the number five and, and the meaning behind five and, and it, the reason it stood out to me, I mean, for many, many reasons, but like Sam and I, we both, we're both life path number fives. And so there's some, like, I've always felt like there's like some power number in, in that. And so it just was really interesting. Um, yeah. And I was wondering if you could talk just a little bit about maybe that and what the meaning of um, well, there's the a, number. There's a lot of symb symbology there, you know, um, the, five-pointed star like the human mm -hmm. shape uh it there's layers of course even uh Pyth pythagoras and his mystery school that he learned everything in 22 years in egypt and went and started his own school his symbol for the school was uh, a pentagon you know mm -hmm. five-sided um platonic solid and so but five is you know just very um you've got your conventional it's about change it's about travel it's about freedom uh but i feel there's an esoteric underlying um value that's also like divine love mm -hmm. and so um i think that all the 
numbers have, you know, more of a conventional meaning and then, um, you know, akin to this deeper um, master number system, uh, a deeper esoteric value. And so five is um, just very, you know, symbolic of the human experience, you know, five fingers, five toes, you know, um, the five senses on and on, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, um, there's also an interesting thing about the, the journey of uh, the soul along the sequence of numbers, you know, from one to nine, mm-hmm. um, like everything comes from source, right? It broke off and then, then there's two, you know, then there's the awareness of outside of that original self-consciousness. Mm-hmm. And then as it progresses down the path, leading to nine, which is returning to, you know, unity consciousness and wholeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's different uh, indications of experiences along the way. Probably the hi- the biggest highlight is when you get to number seven and eight, um, which by the way, left and right, both add up to seven and eight, respectively, mm-hmm. uh, the words. And when you look at seven and eight and you do numerology on those two, they add up to 1122. So, mm. you know, encoded right there is, you know, when you uh, make the inside like the outside and the above like the below, mm. so that the male is not male mm. and female is not female, so that they become one and the same. You know, there's a st- this phrase in uh, the Gnostic scriptures, uh, saying number 22, where, where it says, when you the two become one, you know, mm. then you enter the kingdom of light. Mm. And so it's, it's really interesting that, um, you know, seven represents spirit, right? Mm. And wisdom. And then eight represents like matter and power and material things. And so when those two merge in a harmonious balance, that's when, you know, the mind and heart become one and you can activate your greatest uh, divine consciousness mm-hmm. and you know become enlightened so the number nine represents that mm-hmm. and so i know a lot of people have been reporting you know just seeing sequences you know maybe on license plates on the clock on you know receipts and things like that what can um how can people use that information as they are seeing those numbers okay so the divine is trying to communicate with you you know it's watch your thoughts, or it's, you know, uh, the indication to, you know, take a step, um, or uh, just to be more aware, you know, that you have this uh, ability to draw on your higher consciousness. And uh, I also like to talk about how people are seeing 1111. I think that that activates your DNA. But I also think that, you know, it's kind of like painting with numbers, like, you know, colors rather, as numbers and you know it's a black and white palette without having a deeper appreciation of all the potential number sequences you know these three digit number sequences whether it be 153 or you know 132 or 148 the ones that come out of this uh, master sequence book material stuff um the divine intelligence is capable of sending you more messages that confirm that you're on the right path I think that the confirmation, whether it be through synchronicity or even deja vu, frankly, I think that deja vu is a big indication that you're on your highest path. 
I believe that in our dreams, we're sampling, um, you know, our future timelines. And so often what a deja vu is, it's remembering that you dreamt about it. And so it's a key, a cue that you're on your highest path. So yeah, wake awakening to um, the tools for being able to uh, become your greatest version of yourself. Um, one of them clearly is people seeing numbers and, you know, feeling like you're connected. You're not alone. You know, that that's a big, uh, sensation right there to feel like I'm one, you know, mm -hmm. with the universe and I'm not separate. And I think that's such a powerful message, especially in our culture. And, you know, uh, I know there's communities that have more emphasis on community. Um, and I think in the culture here in the United States, anyways, you know, it's been a lot of um, isolation, just, you know, uh, separation. And I think it's getting better. I think we're coming together, but, you know, to really feel like people are connected to something greater than themselves and each other. Yeah. So we can co-create heaven on earth by um, practicing those simple things, you know, be a good person, you know, and help out more and um, show up for your community. And as you know, we band together, uh, the human capacity to uh, create, you know, and the inspiration of ingenuity and the like um, is extremely powerful. You know, we can always create and find solutions. So um, I'm hoping that through this process of greater awakening that we, you know, have uh, more global solutions that are um, uplifting humanity. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm wondering, would it be possible to lead us through an activation of some sort um, with the symbol? Is that something you can do on the yeah, video? I can, or? I can, I can infuse energy into the video and, and uh, into the audio. Um, we can take a minute doing that and there will be um, perhaps a, a feeling, but a communication of um, the number sequences that will facilitate uh, a quickening. Absolutely. Okay, beautiful. Great. Thank you. Okay, let's take a few minutes.
All right. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. I know I felt a vibrating energy just pulsating through my body. Mm. Yeah, and actually, um, I uh, I had my eyes open for about half of it, um, and when you held the symbol up to the to the uh, your camera there, I actually saw two faces wow. in the symbol. And the more I tried to tell myself, no, that's not two faces. Look at something else. The more pronounced the faces became. It was it was Whoa. very interesting. Like a no, you, no, you're gonna you're not gonna deny this one. Here, look at these faces. Look at these faces. So, yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, and then yeah, afterwards, like Stacy was saying, I there was definitely a, a kind of a lifting vibration from there. So beautiful. Yeah, it was awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And yeah, so Lewis, tell yeah. our listeners how they can find you and what you're currently working on. Okay. Um, there's two places that are important. I've uh, put together a site called, called stargatecodes.com, which links off to um, my seven seal codes site and my Etsy site. If you want to get some of these sigils and then further deepdisclosure.com where I put out information about what I can reveal pertaining to, you know, the uh, white hat um, earth Alliance movement. And um, so those are the two primary places. And of course, if you simply look up Mithuis Imhotep, um, M-E-T-H-U-E-S-I-M-H-O-T-E-P as a, you know, search on uh, the internet or on um, YouTube, you'll find uh, a bunch of information there too. Okay, beautiful. And so, oh, one last remark. I'm yeah. I'm going to put a, a a link and a button on Stargate codes for the activation training um, and that certification, um, so that we can get more people assisting others in, um, you know, accelerated awakening. Oh, beautiful. Do you have a date for that yet? Uh, that's going to be up in a handful of days. So. Um, just if it's not there, tune back and okay. it'll be there shortly. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being oh, here with us today. <laughs> and awesome. thank you for sharing your wisdom and experience with us. And thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you've enjoyed this show, we would love a five-star written review on iTunes. And of course, please share the love by sharing it with your friends. And if you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And until next time, love yourself, love each other, and love the world. We love you. Love you guys. Take care. We'll talk to you later. We at Be The Love Podcast are honored to be supporting the Komodi Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization in Uganda that is working to build a school that will promote and support healthcare, education, skills development, feeding the hungry, human rights, and environmental defenders. Their goal is to work with young mothers and single mothers street children, and vulnerable families who lack nurture as they guide them to become productive individuals, which will lead to a productive generation. 
Please see our show notes on how to become a donor, mentor, volunteer, or sponsor. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.